Welcome to the Nathan Crane Podcast, your number one source for everything holistic health. Listen to guest interviews with top doctors and health experts and discover cutting-edge solutions for living your healthiest, longest, and most fulfilling life. There's never been a better time to become healthier, happier, and more alive. And now your host, best-selling author, inspirational speaker, and cancer health researcher and educator, Nathan Crane. Hello and welcome everybody. Super excited to uh, have you here on this episode with my good friend, Tom McCarthy. Tom, welcome to the podcast. Good to see you, Nathan. Tom, so you have a really fascinating life um, and I'm excited to kind of dig into that with you and and uh, you know your approach to business, to life, to motivation, to health, to leadership. Um, you work with a lot of top Fortune 500 companies, right? You do consulting, but you also spent quite a bit of time uh, working with Tony Robbins and helping him build his companies back in the day, right? Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So you know, my my childhood was not the most idyllic, you know, similar to yours and many other people. My dad was killed in Vietnam when I was three. Still remember looking out the window, seeing the taxi cab and the army officer get out. I thought it was my dad coming home and uh, he came to the front doorstep. My mom made sure that me and my younger brothers had a two-year-old and six-month-old stayed in the room because she she knew what was up. And uh, they came to tell her that her husband was killed in Vietnam the day before my dad. So uh, we had a, a tough childhood. You know, we didn't have a lot of money. Uh, we got by on a little government pension, but it was a struggle. But beyond that, there's tons of fear and grief and sadness and anxiety that was in the house. And so I grew up really searching. And I remember reading books like some people may not, you you, you probably may not remember these or may not know of them, but books by uh, Wayne Dyer called The oh, yeah. Early Stones. Uh, I remember reading a book called Illusions, uh, which oh. was um, the book that came after Jonathan Livingston Seagull by Richard Bach. And I really was searching for, you know, how to figure life out, right? Because it wasn't working for me. I felt like I kind of got the, the, you know, the, the, the short stick, you know, my, I didn't have a dad. My mom never remarried. We struggled. Uh, I felt like I had to step up as a young guy. So I was always looking and searching and, and uh, I struggled, but, you know, things worked out and, you know, I, I got good grades. I went to college. I was an athlete, but I was always searching and learning and trying to figure things out. I got a job with the Wall Street firm after college. I was doing well on that, but I wasn't, I wasn't satisfied. I was pretty unfulfilled. So one morning I was thinking about what do I, what, what do I really want to do? And I thought maybe I'd get back into sports and I interviewed with some sports agencies. You know, this is before Jerry Maguire, but I wanted to be the Jerry Maguire, you know, the good guy in the sports agencies. And so I was going along that path, but I decided I didn't want to do that. But I, I needed to do something different than just be in the financial world. And so one morning I was watching TV and it was one of the morning shows. I don't know why I was even watching it because I usually didn't. And this guy, Tony Robbins, comes on. And I'm like, all right, this guy's interesting. He's talking about like you can choose how you feel. You have 
Unlimited Power. That was his new book that had just came out. And I said, I got to this guy's book. You know, he's a little bit older than me, uh, but I can learn from him. And I read his book in, I don't know, a day or two. This was a long time ago. And then I called up and I said, you know, when's his next program? And I was on the East Coast. He was, uh, next program was the West Coast that weekend. Like, you know, like four days later, I go, all right, sign me up. How old were you? I, uh, I was 25 or 26 or something like that. Yeah, still, so, so still pretty young, yeah. Yeah, I was pretty young. and uh, But, you know, I'd always been a, a learner, a searcher. And so I flew out to Los Angeles and I showed up out here. And I live in California. But for, for back then, it was like, all right, people are a little strange out in California. And sure enough, I show up for this event. Uh, where you're going to walk on fire with him and, and, you know, change your mindset. And I walk in and people are dancing and I'm like, Oh my God, what the heck am I getting myself into? <laughs> and, and I remember actually uh, one of the exercises, my partner, you had to mirror and match what they did. Right. So they were going to, it was an exercise, like get out of your comfort zone. They're going to dance and do funny faces and things like that. And who's my partner uh, but, you know, an actor who is who's the star of Roots, which was a big docuseries or not uh, a big miniseries back then. His name is LeVar Burton. He's he was in some of the Star Trek movies and things like that. And this guy's just going nuts. And I'm like this little, you know, shy, not get out of my comfort zone guy. And I'm matching and I'm like, what am I doing? But by the end of it, I was just like, hey, I love this, right? And so I signed up for a 14-day neuro-linguistic programming certification. Come back home, I'm telling my mom, my friends about it. They're like, what in the heck is going on here? I remember my best friend when I, actually not when I went to that certification, but after the certification, I decided I was going to leave my job, literally give away my practice that I built. And I was pretty successful, even though I was young. And I was going to come out and head up sales and marketing for Tony Robbins. And uh, when I was leaving, I I went through Washington, D.C., where my best friend was living and working. And I remember him crying when I left because he thought I was joining like some cult or I hit my head on a curb. He was like, people were really concerned about me <laughs> leaving this stable you know, clientele I'd built up. But I came out here and it was amazing. And I, I spent three years running sales and marketing for him. I met my wife, who you know, Stacy, at his house at a Super Bowl party. Uh, he was in my wedding. He's still a good friend today and, and just a great person. But yeah, it was an amazing experience. I really learned that you choose how you feel. Uh, you have a choice in it. It doesn't matter if things are not going your way. You have a choice in it. And it really kind of set me on the path that I've been on now for the past, you know, 30 some years. Yeah, that's that's fascinating. So I want to take a step back a little bit, um, and then I want to dig deep into kind mm -hmm. of your mindset around that, and then how mm -hmm. you know in, in those challenging situations in life, and then also those kind of uncertain situations in life and in business, where often because of the unknown, because of the people around you, and they're afraid and they're unknown, and people kind of settle right for mm -hmm. for what they're doing versus going into the unknown where their heart, their intuition, 
their inner wisdom is guiding them and they don't listen to that because of the fear, you know, yeah. the, uh, the, uh, what may happen, the fear of judgment, all these kinds of things. So I want to get into how you overcame that and then what came from that. But, um, but I want to take a step back into your childhood. You said you had a challenging mm-hmm. life childhood. I mean, without a father, your father passed away. Um, single yes. mother, you had a brother, right? Two brothers. Yeah. Two so brothers. I had a brother that was, when, I, when my dad died, I was three. I had a two-year-old brother and I had a little six-month-old brother that never even got to meet my dad. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what yeah. was what were some of the biggest challenges you went through as a kid? I think that, you know, a lot of the challenges were just around, you know, fear. When you have something happen that uh, really shakes you up. When you're young, uh, you know, trauma, I mean, that's and that was a trauma with a big T losing someone like that very early. You really question life. You know, you you don't necessarily believe that it's going to work out well for you. And I think that's that was probably my belief system. Like I was worried about, you know, what next most pretty much every day, like my mom would leave. Like, is she going to come back? Right. Mm. Are we going to be healthy? Is everybody going to be okay? Uh, that, constant, that constant fear that because something so traumatic had happened that, well, more things like yeah. that are likely to happen. Yeah, you spend a lot of time in your parasympathetic nervous system when, when especially when things happen that early in your life. Now, listen, I'm not you mean, unique. You mean, you're talking about sympathetic, right? The fight sympathetic, or flight. Me. Yeah, fight yeah, or yeah, fight, fight or flight. Yeah, sympathetic, not parasympathetic. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're not able to get into your parasympathetic. So, you know, because you don't know, you don't know how to do that. And, uh, you know, so I spent a lot of time in my sympathetic nervous system, you know, really in fear, uh, looking for the next dangerous thing that's going to happen. And I'm still able, you know, I, I got good grades, I accomplished a lot, but I did it mostly through fear. It was fear based, like not wanting to not do good. You know, I was very perfectionist. Uh, and all these things really aren't that good for you as you grow up. You know, when you're a perfectionist and you're fear-based, you tend to, you know, attract more chronic illnesses. Your immune system is is always uh, stressed out. You know, it's hard to accomplish great things long-term when you're fighting a tiger every day. And I think that's what I was doing when I was young. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and that's so many young people today and so many people, even 50s and 60s and 70s, who have the unresolved trauma from yeah. childhood that's yeah. still driving that sympathetic nervous system response of fear, anxiety, judgment, self-doubt, right? All these things that we know inhibit the immune system and, you know, the work I do around uh, cancer, working with cancer patients, yeah. you know, and have been for over a decade now. This is a big thing that we focus on with people with chronic sure. disease is how to heal from these traumatic experiences and help to regulate our nervous system so our bodies can can heal itself. So. Yeah. What were, what, what do you think was a big turning point for you in being able to do that? Was it starting to dive into like Wayne Dyer and Tony Robbins and personal development work? Is that kind of what you think was a big turning point? Yeah, you know, it's interesting. So uh, when I look back, my mom, even though we were in a pretty traditional religion back then, you know, I was raised a Catholic and I went to Catholic school, first grade through ninth. Uh, you know, I was the good little Catholic, uh, you know, guy that would go to church every Sunday because if you didn't, you know, you go to hell. <laughs> I don't believe that anymore, obviously. But, 
So, uh, so you were actually good. Like you, you were the one that that didn't get in trouble because you were afraid of getting because you were afraid of the re- actually was. I was a big rule follower. I yeah. So we were uh, we were different op- than we your childhood. Yeah. We were opposite in that regard. <laughs> there was never a rule you followed, probably. When you were growing up. And but, and that that was it for me. It was like the opposite yeah. extreme, right? Yeah. Same yeah. thing. Challenge childhood. You know, traumatic experiences. Yeah. All of that, but instead of the you know anytime there was authority instead of okay i better do this because something bad may happen it's like the the opposite reaction happened no i can't stand authority so i'm going to act out and and that's very often you know that i see that in in young people it's one or the other often extreme you know which neither is really that healthy yeah you know i was i was in a military environment we still live right next to fort bragg north carolina uh, you, you kind of had a fear of people's parents. I mean, you grew up saying, you know, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am, yes, sir, no, sir. Uh, you know, even, even if you're at someone else's house and you acted up, you'd get smacked, right? <laughs> these were all military guys that had yeah. gone to Vietnam, come back, and they're great people, like amazing people, but, you know, very uh, disciplined. And, and also, I think for me, and I was probably a little bit more disciplined than my brothers, but I was the oldest, right? I felt like I had to be the man around the house. I mean, I kind of felt like I had to take care of my mom, even, even though I was very young. I had businesses growing up. Uh, I felt like I had to be a leader. I had a lot of empathy for other human beings because I felt so much fear and hurt and anxiety. But my mom also, so anyways, I brought up that fact that, you know, we were in a kind of raising a traditional religion. I went to Catholic school, but my mom also was exploring uh more non-traditional religion like she uh you know there's a church called unity church that really draws from many religions but it's really about you know truth and and uh finding the truths in all things and more spiritual based yeah i really i really enjoy the unity churches i've been to a few uh in san diego and santa fe where it's non-denominational but there's a belief in god and a higher power yeah it's very welcoming of all religious beliefs and there's and there's a very kind of you know religious slash spiritual feel and vibration to the community and to the to the service right there's singing and there's there may be some prayer some meditation there The, the difference is is that it's not well, if you don't do what this book says you do, you're going yeah. to hell. It's very much no. Let's let's learn to be uh, be the best versions of ourselves we can, and come from a place of love and compassion yeah. and caring yeah. and unity, yeah. and accept all human beings. Right. Right? And they teach you that you're a creator, though. They don't teach you that you have to beg God to do things in your life. They teach you that you know the the prayer should be more thanking, you know, for something already being there, even when it's not physically there. Uh, you know, so and and a lot of the things that I started to learn were, you know, reading, you know, books my mom would have, you know, like uh, a guy, Edgar Casey or yeah. different books. I don't know if I got erroneous zones. I can't remember if that was one she had bought or I went out and bought that at some point in time. I remember reading uh, I remember I, I remember reading uh, Illusions in high school and it scared the hell out of me when I first read it because like, oh, my God, like this is pretty scary because you know, it was kind of the, the Messiah that, that gets tired of like healing everyone. And because they could, they could heal themselves. And so he's barnstorming around in this plane and he meets this person and he kind of mentors this person. But at the end, it's almost the Christ story, right? At the end, he's, he's, he dies, you know, he gets shot 
And I'm thinking, well, if you have all this power, like, why do you die? Like, you know, and, you know, because back then I was so addicted to, you know, just being a physical being, not really understanding that we're spiritual beings having a physical experience. And, you know, but, but I started to learn through the years. And a lot of my work now is based on this, that while it's good to be in your body, right. And have a healthy body, you know, and one foot in the physical uh, where you really can start to create miracles and, and do amazing things is when you also have one foot in the non-physical, exactly. one foot in the spiritual, where there are no limits. Because in our physical world, if we just are dictated by that, there are limits. There are physical limits. There's laws and things like that. But in the non-physical, where you know ultimately when we're not in our body, we go to, we have virtually, you know, we have no limits, right? We are the creator. We are a creator. We are created by the creator. We are creators. Hey, I just want to take a quick second and thank you for listening to this episode. I hope you're enjoying it so far. As a special thank you for tuning into this episode, I want to give you my number one Amazon best-selling book absolutely free. You can go download it right now at becomingcancerfree.com. If you want to learn evidence-based strategies for helping your body become a cancer-fighting machine for not only cancer reversal but cancer prevention, go grab a copy of the book. Again, I'm just giving it to you for free. You can go download it at becomingcancerfree.com. All right, let's get back to the show. And it's it's a it's a massive mental shift to go from yeah. I I can create my reality to yeah. I am dictated by this reality, right? And it goes from yeah. being an empowered creator to being yeah. a victim. And and it yeah. literally is a mindset shift. It's a belief difference. And, you know, I was a victim growing up as a kid, yeah. right? Yeah, me too. Uh, you you yeah. were a victim, yeah. you know, and, and you live and we live the victim lifestyle. And it's like, well, yeah, you might survive that. You might get past that. You might even do okay in mm -hmm. that regard. But later on, it's going to catch up if you don't sure. overcome the victim mindset. And later on in life, it's going to impact you in such a negative way versus looking at everything through the lens of, <laughs> you know what, this reality I'm in right now, I don't like it. So let me do something about it. You know, let me take action to figure out how to transform this, to transcend it, to heal it, whatever it is, you know, yeah. in terms of disease, for example, we work, we work with a lot of people who the big part is shifting the mindset from, right. from being a victim of cancer to, you know what, I am going to learn everything I possibly can from this and, yeah. and look at cancer as a lesson to awaken yeah. me to my highest potential of health and life yeah. and vitality. And these are very often the people who do uh, not only stop the cancer progression, but in some cases completely reverse cancer yeah. using a holistic approach. And so we know the power of belief is incredible. And you, yeah. you know, you discovered this at an early age. I discovered it at a really early age. Mm -hmm. Also, also Wayne Dyer was, was one of my very first spiritual yeah. teachers um, awesome. in terms of like the material that I was listening yeah. to. I yeah. think I was, 20 uh, the first like re i've had a couple spiritual teachers early on yeah. like in person and then i found wayne dyer i think when i was 20 or 21 yeah. and i remember listening to his audio cds driving from like montana to california yeah. and i would i would buy his programs and just like listen to him over and over again and i yeah. was yeah. so you know it, it was just it was so empowering to listen yeah. to these concepts of oneness and unity and being a creator and shifting our beliefs and mindset. Yeah. And, and it really helps you get out of the victim mentality. 
Yeah. When and it's hard for most people because all they're looking at is the physical reality. I have a I wrote a book called The Breakthrough Code. And one of the things that I talk about in there is that average conforms to reality. The average person is just gonna say, all right, what you know, what what's happening to me? Uh, if, if it's an illness, they'll go to the internet and go, all right, what, what can I expect to happen? What happens for most people? Uh, how do most people treat it? And they're just conforming, right? They're just fitting in. And you're right. It's a little bit of a victim mentality. Uh, but so I say average conforms to reality. Greatness creates a whole new reality. You know, look, if, if, if something happens to me, I had chronic fatigue back in 2015. Here's what I did. I did not go because some somebody even told me, oh, yeah, you know, a lot of people have it the rest of your life. I'm like, screw that, right? <laughs> this sucks, man. I'm yeah. not going to have this the rest of my life. Right. And and I went and I found, you know, I, who had it and got over it really quick. And that's who I want to I want to know what they did and, you know, found a guy and, and uh, did what he did and got over it quick. So but that's creating a new reality. It takes courage to do that because it's so easy to fit in. It's so easy to do what everyone else is doing to have the belief system everyone else has and you get sucked into it. But uh, everything is created twice, in, including even the cancer or the diseases. Like, you know, it's created a lot, you know, uh, in our belief system and, and it's in a cancer or for me, chronic fatigue was an amazing teacher. It was like the best lesson. It freaking sucked. Right. But it was happening for me. It wasn't happening to me. I learned so much from that. I learned about energy healing. I learned, you know, pranic healing. I learned to be an energy healer. I I learned so much about uh, nutrition and, and even more about mindset. I, I thought I knew a ton. I learned more about how to go in and dig out the disempowering beliefs and traumas and free myself of those because that's part of why chronic fatigue showed up. Yeah, I had a virus that that was a precursor to it, but it wasn't the virus that created the chronic fatigue. My immune system was shot because I'd been stressed out. I learned more about sleep. I was traveling the world speaking. I wasn't sleeping enough. I was on different time zones. I was go, 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 go. I had disempowering you know, belief systems, traumas, stresses that were still acting on me for years and years and years. If I would have not had chronic fatigue, I'd still have that crap in me, right? So it helped me kind of cleanse and start to be free of that and now create even more in my life, be an even better creator. So when did you, so did you learn about Qigong and energy healing because of chronic fatigue? I actually knew about that before and was practicing, but kind of intermittently. And uh, when I had chronic fatigue, that was something that I really committed even stronger to. And when, uh, when was that? When did you, when were you dealing with that? Chronic fatigue? It was yeah. back in 2015. And I had some things going on, right? My son was getting right. My youngest was getting ready to go off to college. And, uh, you know, I know that, I mean, I'm so close to my kids. I'm like, you know, <laughs> my wife was like, that's eh, fine. Right. You know, she's calm. And I'm like, oh, well, she's, I'm she's like, a master yoga practitioner. So she's been, she is. she's been doing this, master for yoga right? practitioner. <laughs> yeah. but she's naturally more calm. And, and, uh, yeah, I was, I'm the, I, you know, I was, I was, I was definitely an empath, you know, and I've worked on that, you know, cause I would take on people's stuff and, yeah. and, uh, super sensitive. I've always been really sensitive, uh, 
but I, I had to learn you're how real, to. You're a real sensitive guy, Tom. You're, you're too sensitive. I actually am. Yeah, I'm the guy that on the <laughs> plane, you know, watches a movie and he's crying and the flight attendant comes up and said, you know, you, you need anything to drink? And I'm, I'm trying to wipe my tears out. <laughs> oh, I'm fine. I'm fine. <laughs> well, what's funny is you don't, you don't, when, when, when someone meets you, you don't come across as like a really sensitive guy. You come across as a happy you know, uh, caring yeah. guy, but I wouldn't say like super sensitive. You have more of like a, a, a Midwestern football kind of strong type of energy, right? Military yeah, family, yeah. That, right? The military. Yeah. And yeah. I, I had, uh, you know, that, that's part of what we're taught is like, you know, don't cry, don't show weakness. Right. right. And it's, uh, it's a sham. Like, you know, like the ability to let emotions pass through you is a beautiful gift. And, uh, I actually was just talking with a friend of mine yesterday uh, uh, who I need to connect you with, <laughs> but uh, he's an amazing guy. And he, he, uh, he was a social worker, uh, PhD. So he's a doctor, but uh, he was a social worker in the middle East where people were having, you know, going through all sorts of traumas, you know, bombs going off uh, people getting shot. He would start to notice, he started to notice something. He said, you know, after uh, people would go through that trauma, he would start to see some of the adults and they would, you know, tremor a little bit, but then they would, you know, buck up, like be strong, don't show weakness. Oh, you're talking the about children, David. Yeah, the children. Yeah, we just we were talking to you about him yesterday. But the children would like, you know, just shake and they would shake for maybe a minute and then they would be able to walk off. But that shaking was was letting that emotion that trauma passed through them not like holding on to it in nature when an animal's afraid or is something happens like you know they shake it off and they move on they don't hold on to the stuff we hold on to and so for me yeah i had this exterior that's the thing like i was successful by most people's standards even when i was scared shitless inside because i could put on that front and go through it i was a football player right and I remember like being a, a sophomore in high school, which was the first year you went to high school where I grew up in North Carolina and, and, you know, going up against the senior that was like the big badass senior, everyone was afraid of. I was freaking afraid of him. And you, you're doing this drill and I, and, and, you know, he was just like the guy no one wanted to go against. I'm looking in my line, the line, I'm kind of counting like, uh Oh, I got him. And I go, all right. Just go for it. And I was so afraid, but I just went as hard as I could. And he outweighed me by, you know, I was a sophomore. He outweighed me by 40 pounds or something like that. And I just hit him as hard as I could. And he fumbled the ball and everyone's like going crazy and patting me, patting me on the back. And, and, and he's pissed off at me now. Right? <laughs> and, but it was just, I was afraid. Like, yeah. but I had this exterior, I just went for it. So I did a lot of that, but it wasn't fun. You know, I wasn't joyful. Like, my experience, even when I achieved things, it was like, uh, you know, it was just, it wasn't fulfilling because I was doing it out of fear for so many years. Yeah, it's a good point in terms of how we approach life, you know, and, and there's nothing, and, and it's great to face those challenges head on, right? And it's great to mm -hmm. face those fears head on. And it's great to, to have, you know, challenging experiences in our life. That's how we learn. You just talked about yeah. that. You know, it's one way that we can, we can learn and grow exponentially. But at the same time, if like, that's all we're having, you know, yeah. it's constant fearful experiences and challenging experiences, and there's really no fulfillment and joy, then, yeah. then life becomes, you know, very un, 
fulfilling. And, yeah. and that's yeah. like, it's not a fun play and life can be really fun. You know, life yeah. can be yeah. amazing and fulfilling and full of happiness and joy. Some people think, ah, oh, that just, uh, you know, that, that doesn't exist. That's made yeah. up. It's a fairy tale belief. Bullshit. It's made up. Yeah. I mean, I went from the opposite extreme of being, you know, the most unhappy, depressed, angry, stressed out, violent human being yeah. a person could be to literally the opposite, you know, loving yeah. life, healthy, yeah. happy, family, vibrant, yeah. you know, enjoying. I still have challenges and problems sure. and things I need to, you know, uh, like your book, The Breakthrough Code, things I need to break through, right? Yeah. But at the same time, it's like most of the things I'm doing on a day-to-day -day basis, I really enjoy and I get yeah. a lot of fulfillment from. And so, you know, you yeah. speak from a lot of personal experience with this. And, and so do I in terms of like, yeah. it's a reality. You can really enjoy life, but we have to get there, you know, through these steps of, of overcoming the things that are limiting us from experiencing that really fulfilling life. And oftentimes that's what it is. It's a trauma from childhood that's still preventing yeah. us. We haven't healed it yet. Or it's a belief system that we still believe, you know, the world's out to get us. It's a, dog eat dog caddy was it caddy dog eat world whatever the old saying is right it's like everybody's out dog, to get dog you. eat dog dog eat dog, dog, eat dog world right no all these there's no cat. <laughs> dog eat cat world <laughs> you know all of these all of these belief systems that like limit us like yeah sure there's people that are out there just to steal from you or whatever but we also attract those people into our lives and we attract these situations into our lives. You know, the law of attraction is a very, very real thing. Uh, and I think it's even deeper than what most people understand it to be. Yeah. Um, you talk about the law of attraction as well. I mean, what is your thoughts, yeah. experiences on that? Yeah. Uh, well, and, and let me just say one thing about what you're talking about too, about, you know, like, you know, I've evolved, you've evolved. We're not done yet. You know, oh, you're, 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 you're a very successful guy. You have a beautiful family, just an amazing family, but there's going to be stuff coming up that, you know, you're, you have to be a detective, you know, you have to keep going down into who you are and freeing things up. Now it might not be deep traumas. It may just be a belief about what's possible uh, for the next level of who you can be, right. You know, like how much more money can you earn or how much more success can you have or how much more energy or health or love can you experience? So I think we all have limits, right? That we put inside ourselves and they're false limits because they don't have to be there, but we hold on to them for some reason or not. And, and so I, I mean, this morning, uh, you know, I, dug down in, I got woken up by my superconscious. I call the subconscious, your superconscious at, and I just noticed there was a couple of things where I had to dig down in and I've got different processes to do that, to free up trapped energy, right. To free up, uh, you know, get rid of a belief system that maybe I had or, and I, and when I say a belief system I had is a belief system. Cause I remember one of the, uh, one of the things I cleared up, I went back to when I was 22 years old you know, just in my mind. Right. But, you know, that 22 year old had something that I needed to release. And then another one was when I was 46 years old. So and I'm I'm living a great life. I mean, you know, I've got a great family. I've got, you know, lots of success, but I'm not I'm, I'm not done. Like, I know there's stuff that I have to free up because the law of attraction uh, is 
Uh, everything's created twice, first inside, then on the outside. And I do believe that even when we are programmed correctly on the inside to achieve something we want, our actions, it's not like you don't have to take any action, right? But uh, our actions actually will be guided. Like I was guided to take an action this morning of working on myself, right? Um, I was guided. I'm teaching a training tomorrow uh, for people in my Breakthrough Code Masterclass. And I also got my superconscious, you know, gave me two two new ideas uh, to put into that class this morning. I'm going to take action on those ideas. I'm not going to keep them inside. But my superconscious was guiding me. Uh, we have two parts of our mind. We have the conscious mind. We have the, I call it the superconscious mind. And the conscious mind is what you and I are doing this discussion with right now, right now for the most part. Like our superconscious also is guiding us because we're not scripted out, right? That's coming from our superconscious. But we're thinking through, you're thinking about what I'm saying. You're coming up with a new question. I'm thinking about the question you ask, right? And and using my conscious mind to go down into my superconscious. So the conscious mind can process about 40 things a second. So that's pretty good. But the superconscious, according to science, which I think probably it's much, much greater than this, can process 40 million bits of information per second. Right. It's running 95% of our lives. You're not consciously thinking through your life. And if you are, you're going so slow that you're not going to accomplish very much. Your superconscious, your habits, your programs are guiding you through. And, and so most of our life, we're almost on like, you know... Um, uh, uh, autopilot, right? Now, sometimes that autopilot is creating crappy results. And that's where we have to go down into the superconscious and let go of things. A lot of people think you just put positivity down in there. And if you do that, but you don't let go of the crap that's underneath, you're building this house on a, a crappy foundation, right? And it's not going to be that stable and it's not going to be that resilience. So you need to do both. You need to let go of your old baggage and then you need to install a new story inside of you of who you are, what you're capable of, what you want to focus in on. And the superconscious to me is not a body part. It's not the brain. A lot of people think the mind is the brain. Nah, the brain's the brain, right? The mind is much more than that. I think we live within our mind. Like when somebody dies, uh, if you weigh them right before they die and you weigh them right after they die, they're going to weigh the same amount, but they're not them, right? The brain's still there, but it, the, you're not your brain, right? You are this 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 bigger part of of consciousness than the brain. The brain is the way that that the mind can come down into the physical world, but it's bigger than that. And I think the superconscious mind can connect with information, ideas, energy, beings, uh, you know, outside of the body. It can go get information you need. So I do believe in the law of attraction. I do believe that uh, you do need to do a couple things, though, to really activate it uh, on a high level. And one is to let go of things, not just think positive and think you're going to get it. And then also you're going to be guided and you need to take some actions, too, typically. You know, one of my first spiritual mentors uh, when I was around 20 years old, Arturo Gaitan, one of the things he used to tell me uh, that I really resonated with was the brain is the thinking system of the human and mm -hmm. the mind is the thinking system of the soul, of the yeah. spirit. 
right? Yeah. And and it, and it makes a lot of sense because no matter how many surgeons dissect the brain, they cannot find the operator, right? Yeah. It, like the brain's yeah. like a circuit board that directs the body, the physical body. But there is no there is no play, there is no operator in the brain driving and controlling things. It's like yeah. it needs input from somewhere else to actually direct the brain what to do. And we do that through yeah. our thoughts and yeah. emotions and belief. Yeah. And so where yeah. do thoughts, emotions, and beliefs come from? And they say, well, that's stored here in the brain. Not true. You can't dig in and find a thought, an emotion, or Where's a belief. Thought? Yeah, there are the thoughts right there. there right, right. Oh, there's the thought. No, you can see that part of the brain being activated because of the thoughts. But the thoughts aren't actually, you can't go in and, and, digest, and, and dissect a thought, right? Just yeah. so you can't go in and dissect the operator. So recognizing yeah. that, you know, the mind is a, what I like to really think in, in very much alignment with uh, what Arturo used to tell me is the mind is the thinking system of the soul, of our spirit. And that yeah. is, you know, the deeper part of us. And there are multiple areas of the mind, as you talked about, it depends on yeah. who you talk to, call, you know, different levels of the mind, um, mm-hmm. different levels of thinking, etc. But uh, when we're talking about belief systems that drive our everyday thinking and actions, Bruce Lipton I know, yeah. I, I know, you know, Bruce Biology Lipton. Yeah. 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 Good, good friend and colleague of mine. I've done a ton of interviews with him over the years. And one of the things that he, he also agrees with what you just said, which is 95% of our actions every day and our thinking every yeah. day comes from our subconscious beliefs, right? Yeah. Uh, or yeah. what you're calling superconscious. And those beliefs, if they are a belief that I am not good enough, that yeah. I am bound for disease because it runs in my family, yeah. that money doesn't grow on trees. Right. Yeah. Take any belief you you have subconsciously that you were raised with in your, from your family or your experiences that can be limiting. And one of the things he says, well, how do you know you have a limiting belief? Well, look, look, look at the area. See, look around your life and see what's going on. <laughs> and it'll show your, your limiting beliefs. Yeah. Exactly. Right. What's going on? Yeah. Like, are you having and you're focusing on it like you're focusing on creating more wealth in your yeah. life, but you just can't do it. Or you're focused yeah. on getting healthy and vital, but it's just not happening. Yeah. Whatever, wherever you're having the challenge. It's because you have a belief that is literally preventing you from breaking through, from experiencing that thing that you're well, trying here's, to achieve. Here's why that's so important, Nathan, is like people say law of attraction and they focus on, you know, I want this and and that type thing. Very materialistic usually, right? Well, your superconscious is always creating, but it 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 doesn't like if you have a belief like I can't be healthy or uh, it's hard to get ahead financially. Your superconscious doesn't go, oh no, 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 don't, 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 don't put that down here. Like that's not good. It just like, all right, you want that? Like that's what you're you keep focusing on. We'll show you that it's hard to get ahead. We'll show you that you can't get healthy. That's why I call it the superconscious. It's like having this super, you know, the superhuman ability like far more than we think we we ever have. It's like having superheroes down there, but they're just going, hey, what do you want? What do you want? Oh, you want, you, you, you say that you can't get ahead or you can't make this amount of money. Yep, well, that's like go to action. Like make sure that he or she can't get ahead. And so that's why you got to get rid of that stuff, right? The superconscious is so powerful, but it's going to do whatever it's programmed to do. And it does not judge. It doesn't have a, this is the beauty of having a conscious mind, by the way. The conscious mind can go, that's bullshit, man. 
we got to get that out of there. But you've got to you've got to go down and do the work to get it out. And and there's lots of great te- techniques, technologies, but you got to do that work. Otherwise, if you let it stay down there, it will create things in your life that you don't really want. And you're like, why does this keep happening to me? It's not because you're a victim of something. It's because you are creating it because you're not getting that crap out. So I got to tell you, like financially, right? Uh, Mm -hmm. Personally, like when I was somewhere around 19, 20, 21, it was like uh, I wanted to be financially successful. And and it was a want, but I had a lot of deep beliefs I wasn't even aware of about money. Money doesn't grow on trees and blah, yeah. blah, blah, right? All of that. And so it was like I struggled financially, no matter what I did, no matter how many businesses I started or business partners I went into business with, or, you know, I've always been an entrepreneur my whole life, like just struggle, 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 yeah. learn, struggle, barely pay the rent every month, like you know, then I've got a new child and a wife and it's like, I've got a new business and it's just one struggle after another, after another. And all of those have been wonderful learning experiences, but it wasn't yeah. until I, um, I read the book by T Harv Eker, uh, secrets of the millionaire mindset mm-hmm. where I got a real, like, and he does it in a really funny way to help you recognize these limiting beliefs that we have around money. So not only was it that plus the dedication that said, you know what? For the first time in my life, I am committed to learning and doing what it takes to become uh, financially free, to become, yeah. to, to manage. And, and so how do you do that? And the answer was, you have to learn to manage money well. And so, mm-hmm. you know, I went from struggling all the time for years and years and years to actually for the first time in my life, managing money, saving yeah. it, learning about investing and committing myself to learning you know money's energy and it's in yeah. and money's exactly. game yeah. Yeah. right you're you you have a lot of way more experience you know with success around money than i do and so you can speak to this you know um significantly but just sharing my own personal story on that it was changing my belief making mm-hmm. a dedicated commitment in my mind that i am going to do this and learn how to do it from the best no matter what so i finally yeah. made the commitment started reading books and taking classes and listening learning and then third actually implement what i'm learning right yeah. it was like we started the money management with like 50 dollars, and then it just grew every month from there and yeah. so it's like i just don't have the same concern and worry that i used to or the same challenges or problems because of, of exactly that. And a lot of it started with the belief system. Yeah. Yeah. So did you, did you, did you always, did you ever struggle with money or have you, has money always been kind of easy for you? Uh, so I, we didn't have any money. My mom had lots of fears and worries about money. I can remember her being really stressed out about, you know, can we pay for this? And I remember sometimes like, there was not enough food and she would feed us and she wouldn't, wouldn't eat. So I went through that growing up. Uh, but I also had uh, a grandfather who was, uh, he was, he was, he was a little bit probably cavalier with money, but he was very generous with money. And he had grown up in, uh, he, he served a lot of years in the military and was in the CIA and new presidents and things like that. But he, he had a little better view of money. And so I had this, I had this feeling that at some point in time I would be really successful and money did come relatively easy. 
uh, to me. But then there's different levels like, you know, okay, so you make this amount of money, but then you find you have like an upper limit in terms of your beliefs. And so I have had to break through upper limits and, and, uh, you know, I'm still working on that, you know, even though I make, you know, quite a bit of money, I'm not, I'm not into making money just to make money. I do believe everything's energy. Uh, And because I'm a teacher for people that really there are no limits, that's what I want in my book. It's called The Breakthrough Code, but Living a Life Without Limits. It's a story about that. I I want to continue to uh, manifest and create more wealth by doing good things, helping people, by making investments and companies that are really doing good for the world. I don't invest in things that I don't believe in uh, so that I can show people, Hey, I can, you know, if, if, if I can do it, if a kid that had, you know, the traumas I had and the fears I had and everything I had, if I can do it, heck yeah, you can do it. And so that's part of what, uh, why I want to increase the amount of money I make. And then also just the ability to give back uh, to people, right. To contribute more and, and use money for good. So for me, it's kind of just a fun game now to continue to blow through limitations and 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 create even more to 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 learn more so I can help other people continue to do that, not limit myself. I don't even want to limit myself. But that's not the only area that I'm working on is money. I mean, it's it's any area of my life, uh, happiness, levels of happiness, levels of fulfillment, uh, relationships, health. Uh, health has been a big one for me, right? Because I had that thing in 2015. And so uh, really making sure, because I think a lot of years though, I, I didn't see myself as totally healthy. I was, I was, you know, keeping so much inside. So that's been one that I've been focused on and why uh, I've had you on my summit, the Global Energy Healing Summit, right? Uh, that's been a passion of mine now for several years. But um, yeah, I mean, I, look, I think we're all developing till the till we take our last breath in this physical body our job is to learn and grow and share and help and do all that stuff so the breakthrough code like what is your what is the process that you have discovered uh that you call the breakthrough code that helps people break through their limitations whatever it is money relationships health business, you know, whatever it is. It's three things. But, you know, what I really want people to understand is you can shift reality. If you don't like what's going on, shift it. Don't just accept it. Just don't, you know, fit in. You can shift it. I mean, look at what happened in the Ukraine when, you know, Russia uh, attacked the Ukraine. What's the most likely thing that's going to happen in the Ukraine? It's going to be over in a couple days and, you know, the president flies out and, and the country surrenders and becomes, you know, part of Russia again. Well, that didn't happen. Why? Well, one guy said, no, I don't want to do, I don't want it to be that way. And he's, he stepped up and he had a vision that, you know, we're going to win this thing. And, and, and then he, he, he had a belief system. He had a story. It's funny when uh, like a two weeks after the invasion, there's a Ukrainian guy that was here, some Instagram, uh, an Instagram influencer with, you know, like 10 million followers uh, came over to our home. She wanted to meet me. So we had a nice lunch together, but her photographer, her videographer was from the Ukraine. And I I said, you know, Hey, how do you feel about what's going on? And he said, we're going to win. And this was two weeks in. I I said, are you sure? He goes, I have no doubt. 
I go, why do you, why do you think that? Right. I mean, come on, this army is much bigger than yours. He goes, he goes, we, we believe that we believe we're going to win. Now, a lot of that was driven by their president Zelensky. And, you know, I don't know if they're going to win in the end. Right. I, every day I actually do a little visualization, visualization, seeing the Russians going back and peace happening in my mind. I do it all in my mind. Um, but I'm, everything's energy, right. We can shift energy with our thoughts because, uh, energy follows thoughts and thoughts become things. So uh, we can do this, right? I mean, he's shifted reality. For right now, he's shifted reality. This president, he's gotten people like me and you and other people that probably don't think about the Ukraine normally like to really think about them and to want to see peace there, right? Where where everybody can go back and and bloodshed stopping. But he he stood up, you know. We even the United States and, and they, they said, "Hey, look, we'll fly you out." Like the you know the Russians are coming to get you and your family. You're number one on their hit list. And he goes, "I don't need bullets. I need I don't." Or he said, "I don't need a ride. I need bullets." And and so uh, he shifted the reality, the consciousness of a large part of the world. Not every not everyone, right? Some people don't agree with that. Maybe they side with the other side. But he shifted so much reality, and so. How do you do that? Um, and hopefully it won't be in a situation like that, but shifting reality in terms of how prosperous you can be, shifting reality in terms of how much health you can enjoy, how much happiness, how much love you can have in your life. How do you do it? Uh, there's three big ideas. And these are just things I see in people that have made huge shifts in reality, very successful people, whether it be athletes or people healing. Uh, what do you do? Number one, you focus on less and then obsess. So what does it mean, focus on less? Well, there was a guy, I actually heard this story recently. There's a guy that uh, a friend of mine, Paul Sheely, knows that was putting a fuse box in his house for lighting and it blew up and literally destroyed his hand. So there was like muscles, you know, flesh was hanging, muscles, tendons, ligaments. And immediately though, what he did because, I mean, he saw his hand, but immediately, because the first thing most people do is like, uh-oh, I'm screwed, right? You know, this is never going to be a hand again. But immediately he looked at it and he said, my hand is going to be okay. And that's not what most people do, but he focused in on that. And then and then what he did right after that, by the way, was not great. He, he it was, you know, it was he burned his hand, obviously, from this the you know this explosion. So he goes and sticks it in the bucket of liquid, the first bucket of liquid he could find, just to cool it down. And it was motor oil. <laughs> it was motor oil that he had drained from his car. So now, and then he he had a friend there, and his he 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 took it out of the motor oil, and he's he told his friend, "You got to take me to the hospital." His friend looked at the hand and fainted, right? <laughs> so his friend's out. So he drives himself to the hospital with one hand. He goes in there and he says, uh, you know, I, I need help. And they're like, they looked at it and they said, oh, my God. And he goes, uh, you know, I, I accidentally stuck it in some motor oil, too. And they said, you know, we're going to have to amputate your hand. You know, like it's not going to heal back. It just, there's no hope of that. And with the motor oil, like the risk of infection and gangrene is just too great. And he said, no, don't, don't amputate my hand. My hand will be healthy. He was focused in on not a million things at that time. He wasn't trying to, you know, be a break dancer and heal his hand and, 
uh, go out and, you know, cook a meal. Like he focused in. And I think when you, when you have to, when you're going for a breakthrough, you need to be laser like, you know, you, maybe you can have like three things. Doesn't mean you can't do other things, but when you focus your mind on, on what's really important, the mind has to know, like apply a lot of focus, a lot of energy to this. And then the obsessed part is not a conscious obsession. It's a super conscious obsession. We need to communicate it down into the super conscious where now the super conscious goes, all right, we got you. And so to do that, you've got to be able to see it. I, I call it see it, feel it, believe it, and then let it go. Let the super conscious, because it doesn't sleep, it can do 24-7, it can really start to work on that. So this guy did that, right? You know, he but it, but he saw it. He felt it. He saw, I mean, look, he saw the hand and the shape it was in, but he didn't see it as as that is what is gonna be. He saw it healthy, he saw it, you know, back to you know, even better than it was before. My friend Paul Sheely said when he showed, when the guy showed him his two hands, the hand that had been destroyed and then healed actually looked younger and better and smoother skin than this other hand that, you know, didn't get the, you know, didn't get the shock. Uh, so that's number one, just focus on less and obsess. Number two. Before, before you go to number two, yeah. I want to, I want to just highlight the fact that what you just shared is like, yeah so incredibly powerful for achieving any major dream or goal in your life or business or yeah. health or anything, right? I yeah. mean, that alone, that alone, so many people are focused on so many different things in different areas that they can't ever put enough attention and focus on one thing, right? Yeah. Tony Robbins famously says, uh, where focus goes, energy flows, right? Where you put yeah. your focus is where the universe comes to support you in achieving yeah. that thing. But the bigger the goal, the bigger the dream, often the more focus it requires, you know, yeah. and, and the more time also. Um, and, and you do see this in any professional athlete who has made it into yeah. the highest level of being a professional yeah. athlete is they obsessed about it every day and went out and took action every day and never faltered in their belief. May have had times where it's like, oh God, it just seems impossible. But the next day they were out of that mindset and back into, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna, I'm gonna make this happen. I'm gonna achieve this. I don't care how long it takes me, right? And it's just, you can talk to any, uh, it, it was never yeah. by accident. Anybody ever made it to the pros in any professional sport. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, they always had the belief in themselves. They always were driven towards that. And that's true for any billionaire today. You know, they yeah. never became, they, you don't become a billionaire by accident or even a millionaire. I mean, you win the lottery, yeah, but that's, we, we know the story of that. It's like one of the worst yeah. things you could ever do is win the lottery. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. those, unfortunately, very sadly, those people end up worse than when they got the, you know, $50 million because they, they don't. Usually because their, their, their vibration, their energy is not at that level yet. So they take on all this energy. That's just money is energy. And so, they find ways to make poor investments, you know, they uh, just let go of it. But yeah, you're, you're right, Nathan. Um, look, but you, you, you have to, and I would, I would say one caveat, I don't think everybody that's achieved something always believed in themselves. Cause I think a lot of times they didn't, and then they learned how to do it. So if you're exactly. someone who's like, Oh, I've been always believing myself. It's okay. Right. You can start right now. Uh, you know, I don't know if the guy that, had that belief that his hand was going to be healed, always believed he could heal things like that. But in the moment he needed to, 
he stepped up. I had a situation right. back actually in 2005 where I was invited to play in a poker tournament. And I see trophies behind you. Looks like you have an Oscar back there. I'm not sure <laughs> what that is. That's for my documentary. Yeah. That's, uh, yeah. Was that an Oscar or an Emmy? I've, oh, no, the one above. The one above. This one? Oh, it, yeah. does, it does look like, like an Oscar. Um, yeah. That'd be pretty cool, huh? I could say, yeah, that's an Oscar for You're my trying to dress me with your Oscar there now. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. that was the, uh, for cancer, the integrative perspective. Oh, cool. Uh, best science film from the CARE Awards. Yeah, uh, awesome. Not, well, not, so not, back quite, in, not quite an Oscar yet. <laughs> yeah. Way back in, in uh, I've got a little case back there that uh, there's a trophy. And uh, it's from a, a poker uh, tournament that I won. Now, I was asked to play in it in 2005. And when I was first asked to play, I didn't, I didn't want to do it. And the main reason was because I didn't know how to play poker. Right? <laughs> I played one time like 20 years before just at my fraternity and I played terrible and you know, I, I didn't remember anything. And the guys are like, oh, come on, man. There's going to be some, it's going to be a great tournament. There's going to be some world series of poker champion players there. Like that's pumping me up, right? I'm going to play against some of the best players in the world. And, and, and they say it's for a good cause that, that finally got for a good cause. All right. But the first thought in my head, I didn't believe in myself. I'm like, shit, I'm going to go there. I'm going to embarrass myself. I'll be done in like 20 minutes. I said, all right, no, no, no. Come on, McCarthy. What do you teach? Is that what you teach? Like psych yourself up right from the get go. And I said, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to do what I teach. And so what I did was I said uh, two things to myself, which goes into the second big idea, by the way, which is once you know what you want to focus on, you've got to upgrade your internal story to upgrade your life, right? And we all have a story. So I had a story at initially going into this poker tournament that there's no way I'm going to win. And, and I said, all right, change the story. And so uh, my new story that I came up with, and when we say obsess, I don't want people to have an unhealthy obsession. Like if you are thinking about it every minute of the day, that's a little bit unhealthy. I think you need to trust your super conscious a little bit more. You need to do the work. You need to do the work a few times a day to program it down in to the super conscious. And you need to do, if you're training for an event, like you obviously got to go out and you got to take the action and do some of that too. You got to train. But if you overtrain or if you overthink about it, then you tend to decrease your likelihood you're going to achieve it. It's just as bad as under training or over or under, uh, you know, uh, programming. So what I did, I thought about that tournament. I had about maybe 10 days to prepare. I didn't, I didn't study anything on poker. I did have one guy teach me for about 10 minutes, the hands that I was supposed to, you know, get. So I, I kind of understood it, but I did, I did probably, I don't know, eight or 10 times a day, whenever I would think about the tournament it would pop in my head, or I would force myself to make it pop in my head. I told myself just two things. I told myself I may, and I told myself with certainty, not like half-ass, but certainty. I told myself I made great decisions and I found a way to win. And I just carved that in. I carved that in. I drove that into my superconscious. Whenever I thought about it, I was like, oh yeah, I made great decisions at that tournament and I found a way to win, right? And I really felt it. And a lot of it is the way you say it to yourself if you say it half-assed, the superconscious won't accept it. It's like ah, no, you don't, you don't, you don't mean that. It's also so it's also very powerful to to 
in that kind of affirmation process, right, is to yeah. see it as if it already happened, which is why you said, I made great decisions, not oh, yeah. I'm made going it. to make great decisions. It's I already made right. them. It's done. Like, it's already done. And that Your is superconscious doesn't know whether it's happened or not. That's exactly. why you can have a dream where you're falling and it feels real. Right. Because it be, but you didn't really fall. Right. But it's real. So exactly. Great point, Nathan. You want to do it as, as if it's already done. That's what I teach athletes. I've coached four athletes that have won world championships. The Arsenal Football Club, they sent me a ball back there. I helped them before their undefeated season, actually in 2004, 2005. But anyways, for me, it was done. It was done inside. Everything's created twice. It was done inside. Now, I started to show up to the tournament, though. And so I remember I, I was telling my wife, hey, honey, I'm, I'm going to this tournament. I said, don't wait up. I'm going to win this thing. And she knew I'd never played poker or played. She, she'd never seen me play poker. She probably didn't even know I played once, you know, 20 some years ago. And so she said, what time does it start? I said, about 630. She goes, all right, I'll see you back at seven. <laughs> she had no confidence. In <laughs> and so I, I, but hey, you're gonna have people like that in your life. And she was play, playful and fun. She believes in me. But <laughs> that pissed me off a little bit. Like, I'll show her. And so I go to this tournament and I had so much confidence, unearned confidence by most people's standards, by the way, which is okay. The guy that healed his hand had confidence. It wasn't earned, right? He just stepped up and he had confidence. And so I go to the tournament. Uh, there's tons of tables. I'm at one table, like, I don't know, six or eight people at the table. I can't remember. And I'm just so confident, like better players than me are making mistakes. Cause it's like, man, this guy looks confident. Like they're making mistakes. I win my table. I get all the way eventually to the champions table. I'm playing against some really good players. I'm beating them. And, you know, part of it may even be manifesting better cards, but sometimes I'm winning without even having the best cards, right? Because I'm just so confident and people are, you know, I guess, you know, they, they think I'm, you know, like just positioning myself or I forget what you call it in poker, but, you know, where you're, you're acting like you got a really good card, but I'm just acting like every hand I'm going to make, I made great decisions. You're bluffing, and, bluffing, posture. You're bluffing. That's what it's called. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so I get down, it's just me and one other guy. And now my friends are like teasing him. Cause he's like one of the, I think one of the world series of poker championship guys. And they're like, you're losing to a guy who doesn't even know how to play. And he's pissed <laughs> off. And beginner's luck way, is what they would say. I've got way more chips than him. And, and so he, uh, Eventually, he goes he's all in. He must have thought he had a good hand. And that was the only time I did feel like, oh, I felt my heart kind of raise. Is this shit really going to work, right? And, but now it's like uh, all in, right? I go in, and I end up winning, and my buddies are lifting me up, and they give me the trophy, and I get this gaudy bracelet they give me. And I get home. It's like kind of one thirty or 2 in the morning, and I'm holding my trophy. I couldn't resist, right? I go in the, I go in the bedroom. I flick the light on. I'm holding my trophy. My wife, my wife wakes up. What's happening? I go, hey, the champ is here. Guess who you're <laughs> sleeping with tonight, right? <laughs> yeah, she wasn't that amused by it, but she's like, turn uh, off the light. Go exactly. to bed. <laughs> you want a poker tournament? Big deal. But I do that <laughs> stuff all the time. I do it financially. Like I, I'll look at you know uh, going into the next quarter in, in a in a business that I have, and I'll go, all right, you know what's most logically what we're going to do here. And based upon the you know pipeline and everything, and I go no no we're going to do this number, and I just put it in my head, and I start communicating it every day, and it's funny like sometimes things will happen that go counter against it. Right where I remember one time I went in and I did it for Q4, and I'm like all right you know here's 
And, and I just did it for myself. I didn't tell my team, and I, you know, he, this is the number that we're going to hit. And it was way above where we were. And then I get this call, and it was from one of my big clients, like, hey, we want to have you and your entire team come over. we got this big piece of training that we want you to do over in Europe. And I'm like, holy crap, like it's happening. And I remember, I, you know, I'm like, I did it. You know, it was like a weekend. And, and then all of a sudden, uh, you know, I'm thinking, you know, this is great. And then for whatever reason, they canceled it. I'm like, shit, like there it was, like I blew it. It didn't happen. And then I go, hey, wait a minute. How do you know you didn't need that to cancel to even do something even bigger to make your belief even stronger? And I said, yeah, get back on track, McCarthy. Let's go. And there was, wasn't one big thing like that, but things started happening. And I remember I looked like a week before the end of the quarter. I'm like, hey, we already surpassed this number. It was, it was in dribs and drabs. It wasn't some dynamic thing, but I think I needed to learn that you don't need to to count on that to, to make this happen. Like maybe you don't get that, but other things are there to support you. And that's been a huge lesson for me. So thank God that did happen because now when things that I'm kind of counting on, you know, for business, whatever happened or don't happen, I'm not, I'm not out of the game. I'm like, all right, so what? I guess I didn't need that. Or I, I learned something from that, but other things are going to come and support me. And they typically do. Hey, I just want to pause a second and ask you, are you enjoying this episode so far? Are you getting good value from this content? If so, then I know you're going to absolutely love Healing Life. At HealingLife.net, you get exclusive and premier access to hundreds of the top world's doctors, experts, cancer conquerors, and survivors, exclusive interviews that I have done with all these experts and doctors uh, that are not available for free online. They're only available at healinglife.net. So not only do you get access to all of those, but you actually get to speak with these doctors and experts and ask them any question you want about health and healing. And this is available exclusively to Healing Life members. You can try it out for free. Go to healinglife.net and you can start your free trial there. And uh, whether you're interested in learning more about detox or cancer, diet and nutrition and nutritional science about diabetes, about heart disease, autoimmune disease, anti-aging, longevity. All of these topics are covered in depth and more are continuing to be added at Healing Life. And again, you get to talk to these doctors yourself. So I invite you to set up a free trial at healinglife.net. And I hope to see you over there. Now, let's get back to the show. You know, and that, that mindset that you teach um, and you write about and you consult people through, it works in every situation in life, right? We have a retreat coming up for our Holistic Leadership Council. Yeah. And I've been producing events for almost going on two decades now, all kinds, retreats yeah. and expos and festivals and conferences, some of them up to a couple thousand attendees at a time. And one of the things that I started doing years ago when I started producing events was uh, leading up to the event, I would... I would do exactly that. It put in my mind, you know, seeing people's, what I see in my mind is people's responses after the event where they're mm. saying, this is the most amazing event I've ever been to. Uh, you know, I met the people, exactly the people I needed to meet. This was life changing and transformational. It's like, you know, one of the greatest experiences I've ever had. And I, and I bring that, when I think about the event, I bring that up again and again and again in my mind as if those people are saying that 
about yeah. the event. And, and I kid you not, every event that I've ever produced has yeah. had those exact responses. Even the smallest ones I've heard from people, they were like, oh my God, this is the best event I've ever been to. I, you yeah. know, it's like, it's changed my life, my business, my this, my that. And, and it's not, not every single person has that experience, yeah. but many people end up having that experience. And, yeah. um, you know, I even produced a festival years ago that ended up being a financial nightmare, but was the most transformational event that literally like thousands of people have ever been to. I literally had like a thousand mm. people come up to me over four days and say, this is the greatest event I've ever been to in my life. Wow. Like literally those were the words I heard like hundreds of times. It was just, yeah. but you know, and it was, so it's like, you can, you can set your mind and your beliefs and your affirmations and your, and your words in any area of your life and focus on that and, yeah. and make it a reality. Um, but I don't want to, you know, lead people and think, well, that's all you have to do. Right. Right. Like, you still have to have, you still have to take action and take action in the right direction. You know, right. Yeah, like I didn't know enough about finances man. back then that I took a lot of yeah. bad financial actions yeah. Yeah. Uh, for that event, which led to it, you know, and a lot of like assumptions and expectations. I took some bad counsel. Someone's like, oh, yeah, you pay for this artist and this one and this one, and this one, and this one's like, you know, $100,000 later. They're like, yeah, but that person's going to bring, you know, 20 attendees and 150 and, da, 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 da. and it's like, oh, you'll triple your money. So I listened yeah. to that counsel because I didn't yeah. really know what I was doing with that kind of event. And we yeah. ended up going into massive debt with that festival, right? And yeah. so it was like, well, now I have that experience <laughs> yeah. and, yeah. Uh, and I won't make that mistake again. But, um, you know, it was like good intentions. You know, the road, to, yeah. the road to hell is paved with good intentions. Like you can have all the good right. intentions in the world, but you also have to have some experience and take some good actions at the same time. Like you yeah. could have, you know, with your belief system, go, that, go to that card game and just make some really bad calls, you know, and, yeah. uh, and not win it because you took some really bad actions. But um, I didn't really understand the actions at that level. My super conscious was guiding me to take the right actions. And that's and, pretty cool that you didn't even know about poker. Yeah. And then you just, I mean, I, I, the guy action. spent 10 minutes with me to show me the hands and what I'm looking for. And, but, uh, the, the you know, I agree. Uh, big idea. Number three is pack your day with effective action, but effective action and, and taking action, like, you know, some people say, just take massive action. I don't believe in that. I think when you take massive action, you make a lot of mistakes. Not, not that mis making mistakes are bad. Like, it's good to make a mistake and learn from it. But, you know, when you're foaming at the mouth and you're in a crazed um, state of mind and you're, you're in, uh, you know, you're, you're, not, you're not thinking clearly, you can take a lot of action. Or if you have a lot of fear and you're taking action, you can call people, but they sense your fear. So you want to take effective action. And with effective action, there's two types of actions. One is uh, achievement actions. I call them achievement actions. It's like setting a meeting, making a call, writing an email, working on a proposal, things like that. Uh, and those are good. We obviously have to do those things. Uh, but also there's recovery actions like getting enough sleep, uh, meditating, like getting yourself in a good place so that when you're ready to take the action, you're going to take good actions. And also actions that you take in terms of programming your mind are the most important actions. If your mind, if your mind is not programmed right, if you have limiting beliefs, it doesn't matter. That's why you see people work their asses off and not get to where they want to be or always get almost to the finish line and then something ruins it. 
It's because they're taking action. They're doing all the right things from the outside world looking looking at them, but inside they haven't taken the action of getting rid of what they need to get rid of and programming the way that they need to be programmed. So I want to redefine taking action because a lot of people think it's just like, you know, working your ass off. Right. And that, you know, you look, here's what I say, whatever amount of time you feel like you need to work, if it's six hours, seven hours, eight hours, that's fine. You don't need to increase that amount of time. Uh, Now there may be times where you have sprints and you got a big event coming up and you're working, you know, more than that. But typically you don't need to increase that. You do need to increase your effectiveness. If you can double your effectiveness and work the same amount of time, now you get twice the results. And there's a lot of stuff we do that's not very effective. And there's a lot of stuff we do that just grinds us down and doesn't allow us to be our best when we do show up. So, and then there's, you know, a lot of people that are just on the action side versus looking how our actions driven. It starts with your story, your internal story. That's what starts to drive your actions. Every action has a belief system behind it, right? A trigger behind it, a story behind it. It doesn't come out of nowhere. It comes out of our mind. And so everything's created twice. Work hard on the inside. Don't just do that, but work really hard on the inside. And the actions that you're guided to do will be much more elegant and much more powerful. So one of those for me is emails. Mm-hmm. I feel like emails are like, even though it's it's like essential for my businesses, or it seems to be essential for communicating, it's the one thing that like I I I look forward to the least, you know. Yeah. And I, it's like, how do I clean up my email inbox so I don't ever have to go there again or go there ten times less? than I do, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, I have a problem with a clogged up. I got a lot, that, <laughs> even though, you know, I've got an EA and everything like that. That is tougher for me. But email, an email is just a, is energy, right? You know, when you send out an email, look at it as, as an energetic form. And and you can even, you know, what what I do, if it's an important email, like I'll, I'll bless it, right? I'll see energy in it. I'll write it uh, from my super conscious, right? Be guided. You know, even uh, for me, like, I'm like you, like, I'm not, I think I'm a good writer. Um, You know, I've gotten a lot of great reviews for the breakthrough code, but it was not, uh, and I I had a great editor that helped me, but, you know, I remember like we'd get the chapters together and then, you know, she'd make edits, send them back like, oh crap, I got to read this again. And, you know, know exactly what that's like. I'm like, oh man. (laughs) Yeah. I'm not, I'm not naturally a detail oriented person, but like this book has my name on it. Right. You know, so I've got to go in there and I'm going to do it now. Here's, here's what I tell people, uh, do what you hate to get what you want. Cause I didn't really like it. Mm. But the thing was when I got into doing it, I would always be like fascinated and Oh yeah. And then another idea would come. So I would actually like it once I got past that. Well, I'm not a detail oriented part of my story person, part of my story. Uh, same thing with, uh, you know, I remember jogging, like, you know, I was a sprinter. I, I don't like jog, like jogging sucks. And then one day I was, I was in Hawaii and I was near Diamond Head and I'm like, oh, I'm going to go for a run. And I start, man, it's beautiful out here. And 
because I'm jogging, I get to see more of it, right? Than walking, right? I'm, I'm experiencing more of it. And I'm just so happy. And all of a sudden, I love jogging, right? Like, what the hell just happened to me? <laughs> or foods you, we didn't used to like, like Brussels sprouts. I remember my mom forcing them down my throat. Now I go to restaurants. Can I have some Brussels sprouts, please? Now they're cooked better than my mom cooked. <laughs> they're cooked differently. They're not just boiled and salted, but... Yeah, we all have the ability to change and like things that we didn't used to like. And if you notice something you don't like, but you also go, you know what? If I did like this or if I did do it, I could get to where I want to go. Well, then just do it. Like uh, I remember, you know, first green smoothie I tasted, you know, way back when I'm like, this is disgusting, right? <laughs> now I drink them every day. <laughs> I remember like trying to get my son to, to do them when he was young and it's really good for you. And he goes, I hate it. I go, you know, I don't like it. I go, you don't have to like it. You just have to drink it. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, you don't have to like it. Just drink it. No, it is yeah. funny. As a kid, I hated all vegetables, right? Yeah, but, but now you're a vegetarian. <laughs> it's like, now I eat vegetables every day. But it's yeah. that's also one of those things of like, you know, that, that goes into a deeper story yeah. of our current, you know, hyper palatable foods that just make our brain so addicted. Anyway, yeah. you know, you have sugar, sugary foods and processed foods. And, you know, you start eating potato chips, they're fried and salted, they even put a little sugar on there. And all of a sudden, you have a piece Who doesn't of love potato chips or french fries. <laughs> and then you have a piece of broccoli. And you're like, what the hell is this? This is disgusting. Yeah. You know, it's like, well, yeah. yeah, because you have just over sense. It's like you have cocaine for the first time. Anyone out there who's yeah, right. ever done cocaine? It's like, it's pretty hard to match that feeling, you know? Um, and so that's why those things. I wouldn't know that because addictive. I haven't done cocaine, but I'll take your words. <laughs> well, Tom, I could, you could trust me on this one. All right. It's very, <laughs> there's not much that matches that feeling. It, it, it's what makes it very addictive. Now you're making it kind of enticing to me, but I don't think I'm going to go there. Yeah. And, the, and so this is what I teach my kids too. It's like, and so yes, you will feel amazing when you drink alcohol, when you smoke pot, when you do cocaine, like you'll feel, you know, to the moon, you will feel invincible. You will feel incredible. Yeah. And like the most smartest person in the room. And like, you feel awesome. This is the things that I wasn't told as a kid, right? As a kid, I was told, you know, dare class and all that. All you were told was the negative of all that stuff. Yeah. And here I am kind of a, you know, traumatized, angry, you yeah. know, uh, confused, scared, young yeah. kid. And then I try the, and I'm hanging out with older kids. And so I try these yeah. things for the first time and I just feel fucking amazing, you know? Yeah. And I'm like, what yeah. are these guys talking about? Tell me this stuff is terrible. This is incredible. I feel invincible. I'm like, you know, I feel amazing for the first time in my life. Now the downside is what, you know, uh, everybody knows about or talks about, which is yeah. how terrible the, the down coming down from these things are. And then the addictive things that nobody can tell you really, the life that it leads to when you become addicted to these kinds of drugs yeah. and alcohol, like hardcore addicted. I mean, it is the most terrible life anybody can go through. You have a lot of fun and you have so many terrible experiences, so much pain and suffering, mental, emotional, and physical, like mm -hmm. so deeply yeah. um, painful in so many ways. So, yeah. It's like understanding both sides of the whole reality. So we know, yeah. you know, it's yeah. like there are many people who become very wealthy and financially successful, but they're also mm -hmm. incredibly depressed and very unhappy, yeah. you know? And so, so people attribute that. Most people take that and go, oh, 
money equals unhappiness. I, I don't really care about making money. And it's like, well, no, yeah. that person or those people, you know, are unhappy in their lives and it may or may not have anything to do with the money. Right. Yeah. They're also very, very, very wealthy and successful people who are incredibly happy and healthy and generous and loving and caring and fulfilled in their lives. So well, I think it's, it's how you view money, right? Because I don't, uh, to me, it's just energy. It's just energy. It's not like a piece of paper. Like, like if, if I, if I take a piece of paper on my desk, like this piece of paper and I say, you know, uh, if you come to my house, I'll give you this piece of paper. You go, I don't need that little piece of paper. But if I had, you know, uh, a piece of paper that, you know, was, let's say, I don't know, I don't know if there is or a thousand dollar bill. I've never had a thousand, about a hundred, you know, a stack of hundreds. Hey, I got this, this, this paper. If you come get this paper, if you come to my house, I get this paper, go, oh, I'll come to get, but it's just a belief system, right? You believe, we believe now it's got value because it's printed in a certain way. And, but at the end of the day, it's paper that, that it's the energy that we believe that it has that really makes us go after it. But if you're going after money just for money, right? Or for power or for things that are, you know, kind of like that cocaine high, right? Uh, if you're going after it for that, yeah, you're going to be pretty depressed. You're going to have lots of uncertainty and you're going to still feel fairly worthless at the end of the day, even though people treat you nicer, like there's going to be something inside of you that's going to gnaw at you. If you understand it's just energy, yeah. And you 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 now are are taking on energy that now you can create more with and and help more people out with then it's a beautiful thing and that's the way that I've chosen to look at money. That's what uh Arturo used to tell me. He said money just makes things bigger, you know. Mm -hmm. And and he would he would make a couple of jokes about it. But he's like one of the things was if if you are a angry depressed jealous person, it's going to make that bigger in your life. You will expand, you know, that will yeah. give you more opportunities to be more angry and jealous and, uh, yeah. et cetera, in bigger ways to more people or vice versa. Yeah. You're loving, caring, compassionate, generous. You make a lot of money. You can do a lot more good with that money, right? Which is my, yeah. my main focus and goal with generating as much wealth as I possibly can sure. is not only yeah. the options and the freedom that comes from that, but the impact I can have in other people's lives in a big way, because that's what's fulfilling is when yeah. you see that you can contribute in other people's lives in any way, you know, driving, driving uh, back from the dentist this morning before our podcast, there was a man on the side of the road, a uh, homeless man selling a, a newspaper here in Jacksonville. They actually have a, the homeless shelter puts together a newspaper. I think yeah, once they used a month. to do that here in San Diego too. Yeah. Yeah. And it's kind of just gives people insights into the challenges that the, the homeless yeah. are experiencing. Right. Yeah. And so it's like, it's, it's an exchange of actually something. Yeah. They're actually they're adding value to you. You're not just giving it to them. Adding value. And so I stop, you know, and it's like, I call him, Hey, come down yeah. here. Right. And I give yeah. him some money for the, for yeah. the thing. And, yeah. and it's, um, forgot where I was going with that, that we were talking about the, um, the way you look at money. Yeah. And so, 
you know, like that's an energetic exchange, something, yeah. something valuable and meaningful and fulfilling. I know it's going towards, you know, they're trying to do something good to raise awareness about the challenges that the homeless are going through. So it's like, of right. course, I want to support that. That's a fulfilling thing. I take yeah. a percentage of all profits every single month from my company and donate it to nonprofits doing <laughs> amazing work in cancer <laughs> research and helping people struggling with cancer, right? That's, that's a very fulfilling thing that you can do with money, but people tend to hoard money and, and yeah. it's all for me. And, you know, and they get that grasp on it and that attachment to it that yeah. then that's where those problems come from because, you know, it's like money won't make you happy even though you can be happier with money. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. life is a lot easier when you have more money, no doubt yeah. about it. But yeah. if all of your happiness only comes from the money, you will never be truly fulfilled. Like yeah. we have more options. We can travel. We can go to Costa Rica. We can go to yeah. Mexico, visit my wife's family. Like those are meaningful, um, joyful experiences. But at the end of the day, you get back home and it's like there's there's nothing that, that fulfillment doesn't stick with you because of the money, right? right? It's the impact that you have in other people's lives. And that's why I want to share with people tuning in here is like find a way. And this is what you do so well, Tom, through your book, through your coaching, through uh, your summits, everything you do yeah. is find a way to contribute to other people's lives in a positive way. Somehow yes. make a positive impact, whether it's for the planet, for the animals, for mm -hmm. humanity. But mm -hmm. it, just one person's life. Go go volunteer at a local church or a soup kitchen yeah. or the homeless or you know like I volunteer my time on a board. I'm on the board of directors for a nonprofit, the Beljansky Foundation, and we do mm -hmm. scientific research into natural cures for cancer. Yeah. And, it's, and, and I reached out to them and said, Hey, I want to volunteer. And they're like, well, how much money do you need? I was like, you know, I was like, I want to join your board. And they're like, well, what do you need to be on the board? I was like, no, I want to volunteer. Like, I love what you guys are doing. It's very much yeah. in alignment with my passions in the world and yeah. you don't need to pay me anything. I just want to help. And they were just taken aback. And so, you know, and so welcoming as well. So I've been on the board for a while now because, um, you know, again, it's just contributing to, uh, important things in the world and helping other people is yeah. it brings you fulfillment in your life. Right. Yeah. So a couple of things on that. And that was great. What you just said. So uh, one is if you want to make more money, find a way to add more value. You know, that's why you see people that are the wealthiest people on the planet. They're adding value. Now, sometimes they're not always the most enlightened people, but uh, you know, like Bill Gates for many years was the wealthiest person on the planet. And, he's, and by the way, he's doing a lot of good things for the planet, I think. But uh, he... I would I would challenge you heavily on that. <laughs> well, you, you, we could debate that to the moon. But, but anyway, go with okay. your point. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think, but, but things he's doing for alternative energies and climate and things like that, I think uh, are, are, are pretty enlightened. But anyways, and, and we can... Yeah, I'm not going to debate you on it. But anyways, why was he the richest person on the planet? Well, look what he did. He had software that was all on all our computers. We were writing emails with it. We were, you know, composing documents. We were uh, doing our finances on spreadsheets. He was adding value to us. Uh, Elon Musk, uh, I don't know if he still is, but briefly was the wealthiest person on the planet. Well, what was he doing? Well, I, I've had seven Teslas, right? Uh, I've been driving his cars for so many years. And, uh, you know, what you don't have to be an Elon Musk, you don't have to be a Bill Gates, but what can you do to add value? 
I remember Tony Robbins at first was just doing little seminars and then we, you know, got the rooms to be bigger. And then what did he do? You know, right? he, he had written a book uh, that got out. He wrote another book. He got on TV and now he's massively impacting people, but it was always, how can I add more value? What can you do to add more value? What can you do to add more value? That's the number one question you need to be asking, right? So it's not like, what can I do to make more money? How can I add more value? When you add more value, it's a value exchange. You get money back. Second thing to think about is to be grateful for what you have already. If you're not grateful for what you have, then you put yourself in a state of lack. And gratitude is is just like evidence that you're already receiving. You know, and you might go, my life sucks. No, you've got some things in your life right now that that people in other parts of the world would die to have. You know, you are very lucky in many, many ways. And so just be cognizant of that. And then, like you said, find ways to contribute and and find ways to contribute where no one else even knows. Like one of the things I do, well, now people are going to know it because I'm going to talk about it, but uh, is when I travel, because I travel a lot, I love to... I love to contribute to the underserved. They're not necessarily homeless, but the maids that come in and clean up the room after I've messed it up, you know, for two days or three days, like, you know, they have a pretty tough job. And also, you know, they're not getting paid that much. And they're typically probably, you know, single moms or, or people that, you know, live not in the greatest situations. And I don't even know who they are, but what I always do is I'll write a note to them and I'll just say, you know, uh, Thank you. Uh, thanks for taking care of me. Uh, have a great day. I draw a smiley face and then typically I'll write life is a blessing. And then I'll take uh, a, a fairly significant amount of money, right? I'm not going to say what it is, but but you always want to challenge your belief. Like, you know, if if a dollar is a lot amount is a big amount of money for you, then then leave two dollars. Right. Um, but challenge your belief system, knowing that whatever goes out comes back. And then what I do is I take that amount of money and I put it in my hands and I bless it with energy. I see it. I see it not even the amount of money it is. I see it being, you know, millions of dollars going out to this person and their family and their community. And cause money's this energy. So really, you know, that amount of energy going out to them and I just bless it. And I, put it on that note and I leave and I never get to see what happens with it, but I just feel so good. Mm. Right. Because you know, you've done something where you've impacted somebody. Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. Um, Remind me to ask your uh, assistant what your travel schedule is this next year. And I'll um, clean my room. I'll send someone to clean all your rooms. <laughs> and we'll we'll cut a percentage of it uh, together. <laughs> it, it's not enough money where you would get that excited. Just no, I'm just I, I'm kidding. Yeah. I lo- I love I love that. You know, I I yeah, love yeah. the intention behind it, the practice behind it, um, all of it. And and you can do that. I mean, anybody tuning in, it's like you can do that. Like you said, any amount. If a dollar's a lot yeah. for you, you know, I I remember. I literally had like $10 to my name at yeah. some point. And it was like all I had in my wallet. And, you know, a homeless person asked me for money. And it was like, I had a big awakening. It was like, well, this is all I have. I was like, but they have less than me. Yeah. And, and there's infinite, but literally, I mean, almost an infinite amount of money in this world. Right. Yeah. So it can come back to me. 
And so I'm not, I'm not going to worry about it. I'm going to help this person out with no attachment, no expectation. I don't, it doesn't have to come back to me. And it was like, I literally gave them like my last $10 and last in that moment, but it's never last because there's always more, right? There's this infinite abundance that we can tap into and tune into. And that was, that was a really early like practice into reforming my beliefs about money right and that's that's what it takes is like those practices those experiences so we talk about so i want to talk about two things next one before you do that though really quick one thing with homeless i have a little different strategy because i've i've done the money thing enough or you know people at the gas station were like hey we ran out of gas we're i mean i've just and then and then i see him like going and buy some you know six pack of beer or something so what i do with homeless people though is i buy them food or groceries oh you, yep. you know like we i you, do we it need, too i say come over you know and and if it's buying mcdonald's i don't eat at mcdonald's but i go you know come on in you know what do you want what in and sometimes I go no that's because <laughs> they, they, they didn't want to get they were they actually had eaten yeah but so i i do that strategy with them but what I like to do is reward and and for me, you know, the maids because they're working. They're out there actually working, yeah. but probably not getting compensated. And so if I leave a hundred dollar bill or you know, something like that, like that's gonna be a big deal for them. And also I was inspired by it uh in my book, The Breakthrough Code. Uh, the mentors, one of the mentors' names, I have a very diverse set of mentors, which I wanted to make sure I did, not just you know, a white guy, right? You know, middle-aged white guy helping people out. But uh, one of the mentors' names is uh, Bob Woodbury, who actually was a friend of my dad's. He was in the military with my dad. My dad did some things that really helped him out. And so when my dad died, he, uh, a lot of people wrote my mom letters because my dad was very loved, but he wrote a letter saying, I want to send one of your kids through college and, uh, you know, want to make sure we keep in touch. And every Christmas he sent us, we had no money. He sent us each, my, my uh, brothers and I, a hundred dollar bill. And that was a fortune to us. Like it made our, you know, month. And so that he taught me that, right. You know, and so what I do is kind of an extension of what I've been told. So sorry yeah, for interrupting you, but I just wanted to bring that up. No, that's beautiful. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. And, and, and I, I've gone back and forth with the homeless piece, right? And I've come to a place where, cause I was homeless, uh, yeah. three times in my life before I yeah. was in my early twenties. So one, I know what it's like to be homeless and it sucks and it's very yeah. challenging. Two, I know what it's like literally that story you just said. I was in Venice Beach, ran out of gas, no money, zero dollars, had to go beg people at the gas station for gas money to get back home. Like I've been in those situations. And so I know that those those are real. And then there are made up ones. And there are people who really need food and support and things like that. Not people who just want to fuel their their drug, their drug habit. And so one thing I've done with homeless always is if I feel compelled to see, I see a homeless person, it's like, I always want to help them some way. If I, if I have food, I'll give them food first. If I have money, I'll give them money. I see somebody on the side of the road. That's like tweaking out. That looks like they're totally high. You know, I, you, I often won't give them money. I will either give them food or not give them anything. Cause it's like, I know they're just looking for the next drug, but What I what I started practicing doing years and years ago in San Diego was any money that I give to a homeless person, it's like I put the blessings into it. Yeah. That this may help them yeah. in the greatest way possible. Help yeah. them find health, happiness, yeah. wholeness, get out of their challenges, right? And whatever they do with this, 
it's going to mm-hmm. be good for them at some point. Even if they go buy drugs or alcohol or whatever, okay. with this money, yeah. I let go of the attachment to that. Yeah. And, I, and, yeah. and I send them good energy that they may find their way out of that struggle. And, and I, yeah. you know, it's like whether they do or not, I feel good about doing that. And at the same time, I know, hey, there are maybe other things you can do to support, uh, sure. you know, uh, other yeah. causes that you care about. Maybe, maybe it's yeah. donating to a nonprofit. Maybe it's actually yeah. donating to a shelter that's helping, you know, yeah. take care of homeless people, whatever, whatever it might be. But that's just yeah. kind of where I've come yeah. to, um, you know, in dealing with that, yeah. because I remember being, uh, you know, and talk about belief systems. So I was in San Diego, Embarcadero, I out on the boardwalk where all the ships are selling t-shirts because I lost all belief in myself. I lost a long story for another time, but I basically lost, I went from being like a high powered sales director of multiple locations, uh, managing, hiring, firing dozens of people on multiple locations all around San Diego, youngest, highest paid regional sales director for, for a T-Mobile subsidiary company at like 19 years old. And I went from that up here to like this huge mental, emotional transformation to then basically having zero belief in myself. And here I am, you know, going from like making six figures a year at like 19 to then at like 20 making um, $20 a day selling t-shirts, you know, next to the, next to the uh, shipyard in San Diego. But the homeless that live there permanently, I would Mm -hmm. talk to them and I would try and teach them skills and things like that. But I find out like what, you know, how are you, what's your belief system around being homeless? Like I was homeless, but I got myself out of it. Like I never mm-hmm. thought I was going to be that way permanently and I never allowed myself to because my belief system was like, this is temporary. I'm going to, you know, find a way out of this. So what I call solution-oriented mindset. Yeah. But often people, like these people were, were homeless for 30 years, yeah, 30 plus years. And the belief was, this is, this is how my life is. This is how it has yeah. been and this is how it's always going to be. Yeah. And so in that case, take a look at that belief and maybe take it, you know, you can take a look at our own lives and go, where do we have that belief in our own lives? So with health, yeah. with finances, with relationship, whatever. This is the way it's always been, so this is the way it's always going to be. But it doesn't yeah. have to be that way. We can change that, as you're talking about and teaching and writing about. We can be the creators of our life. We can change our destinies, right? We are the creators of our life. We can create a better life. I've spent time with homeless people, too, and... and uh one of the things I found is some of them are incredibly talented and they're super resourceful. Like they find ways to survive. Like, you know, like we, we would struggle to, you, maybe you wouldn't because you've been there, but I would struggle to do. And, but they have uh, often, and not the ones that have, I'm not talking about the ones that have mental issues. um, And then many have, you know, drug problems, but there's some out there that that I met who I, I don't want to live in a house, right? I don't want to have to have rules and structure and and stuff like that. And they have their own little communities out there. Now, why is that? Uh, I mean, I don't know if they're truly happy. Maybe they are, but they have a limiting belief that if I go back, because they and they even tell me I used to have a job, you know, uh, I didn't like it, right? Or I got fired and I didn't want to go get another one. Or I had a I had a house and I got divorced and um, I don't want to have have all that, you know, responsibility anymore. These are all the types of things that a lot of us have in us that hold us back. And so when we lift that veil and go down in the superconscious and pluck those out, which takes work, it takes work. 
And there's lots of processes. We haven't really discussed any, you know, many here, but when you do that, it frees you up. It frees up your potential and there's no telling what you can accomplish. You're a great example of that. I mean, look at you, you know, you were on the streets, you had issues with drugs and alcohol, and now you're one of the most enlightened beings that I know and, you know, raising incredible kids and, and helping people conquer cancer. I mean, just doing such unbelievable things. You are, you are proof in the pudding of what we're talking about. Mm. Well, thank you for that. Can, um, can we go back and say that again? And I'll have you say it to my wife. Can you tell her I'm one of the most enlightened Just beings? Replay this back to her. She knows it too. You've got an amazing wife. You have an incredibly amazing wife. Yeah, no, I'm just kidding because it's you know it's it, it's the same thing. It's just ever every time I think I've figured things out with myself, it's like oh, there's something else to work on. Oh, there's something else I got to heal. Yeah, I'm oh, 62 years else. old. I have the same. And and if you're a person who learns and grows. You're gonna have that. It's okay. That's that's yeah. the beauty of life. Yeah. Right? No, and I and I and I enjoy it, and I welcome it, and I look forward to it, and I do it every day. Right. It's like it's a part yeah. of my life now. It's like okay, there. I just reacted in this way. Where's that coming from? Let me yeah. let me let me figure that out. So let's talk about that. What's your one of your top ways to to go into the subconscious, or what you call a superconscious, and help you know, um, heal and transform some of these traumas or limiting belief systems. Like you said, there's tons of ways to do it. I've experimented yeah. with many and many of them. There's some that I really like and enjoy. I know you yeah. teach and you like some uh, yourself, but maybe share one that you think is super powerful. Well, this and this one is not the easiest uh, because you really have to develop kind of your intuition a little bit and trust yourself, be really very vulnerable. Uh, but one of the ones that I do that I learned from an intuitive was uh, to, well, well, first of all, when you notice you're not feeling right, or you notice you reacted in a certain way, or you notice you're not getting the result that you want, uh, going back into uh, getting into like a relaxed state and going into your super conscious, right? And just saying, hey, um, why is this showing up and where is it coming from? And you're going to get little blips. Like, are you, if you ask what age, what age did this first start? Right. That's a question I ask sometimes. And you're going to, you know, a, an angel pop in your mind. You go, ah, that couldn't be right. Right. You know, and, but trust yourself, just really be open. Those little blips are, are insights of your super conscious, right. Of your mind trying to give you information. We say, it was just my imagination. Well, Einstein said, Imagination is everything. Your imagination is real, right? Um, when we're visualizing something, we're just using our imagination to see it real inside so it's created on the outside. So uh, I had something this morning where I forgot what it was, but uh, what, what I felt, but I woke up, I was feeling something, I was feeling some resistance towards something that I wanted to move towards. And I'm like, all right, where is this coming from? Like, what age did this first originate? And the age was 22, just eight, just 22 popped in my head. I didn't go, was it really 22? You know, how could it be 22? I just trusted it. And so I went back to my 22 year old self. And, and so I saw my 22 year old self off to the side. Sometimes I go back to my three-year-old self or one-year-old self or whatever, right? It's whatever I'm dictated to go to. And this 22 year old self, I saw off to the side, didn't see it super clearly. Don't need to just felt like here's my 22 year old self. And I, I just talked with him. I said, hey, um, you know, it seems like you're hanging on to something here. And uh, would you be willing to let go of it? 
And, you know, I'm your future self. I'm your 62 year old self. I'm 40 years older, right? We, hey, we're okay, by the way, we made it. Uh, would you be willing to let go of this? And, and then, you know, yeah. And then what I did is now sometimes this is going to be a little weird for people, but I call in like guides or entities, but you don't have to do that. And, and, uh, and so what I do is I imagine it being almost like a vacuum sucking this black, dark stuff out. Like that's the way I visualize the limiting belief. And I just, I'm, I'm not in that body, but I'm, I'm seeing it and feeling it being like, there's a movie I think called the long green mile or the green mile or something. Green mile. Yeah. Tom Hanks. Remember that guy? I read read that book when it first came out and it was like, yeah, there's this beautiful person that was like, but taking on all the negative energy for the world. And then it came out though. It came out at one point. I can't remember why it was like this black, just gunk, like coming out of him. And so I see this gunk coming out of my younger self. And, and oftentimes when I'm, and, and I, and I almost, it's almost like this vacuum, just like sucking it out. So that's my visualization. You don't have to do it like that. And when it's coming out, sometimes I'll feel like a little twinge or tingle of like this freeing up sensation in me. And so I see it coming out and then I'll say, is it, is it all out? And sometimes, nope. So there's still some in there. I see some darkness in there and I, okay, let's do some more, get it all out. And when it's all out, I'm like, um, and by the way, when it's coming out and it's dark, I see it being transformed into light. Like, cause energy can be shifted from negative to positive, from dark to light. And so I don't want to have just dark uh, energy coming out and coming out into the world. Right. So I see it being transformed into white, beautiful, uh, creative light. And, and then when it's all out, because now we've created a void in that earlier version of ourselves, I take that energy and we, we, this white light, beautiful creative energy, and we put it back in to fill that void. That's very important to do, right? When, whenever you take energy out, you want to put back in good energy in your mind. And, and then I bring that younger version and I bring him into myself. And I was like, are you ready? I'm going to bring you into myself. And I create like a little filter to make sure that you can just visualize it. But I bring, and I, again, I don't see it super clearly, but I feel it like coming back in and like, wow, I feel lighter. I feel fresher. Now that might be too weird for some people, uh, but that really works for me. And that that's just one of the techniques, but to me, that's one of the more powerful ones that I do. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a really powerful technique. I've, I've experienced some very like similar versions of that. Um, I call that work just inquiry or self inquiry, right? Where it's like you get to a meditative state. If you got something that's really like irking you or you're you're trying to find a solution to, you're having a big challenge with, get into a meditation and then just start asking questions. Be a detective. Yeah. And trust and trust when the answers pop because they do, like you said, don't doubt them. Like where's this coming from and what, and it's like, Oh, you might see a picture of of your mom or your dad, or you might see, you know, it depends how you are. Like I'm uh, two things. I'm very visual, uh, very visual person. So in, meditations or when I'm doing that inquiry work about yeah. something, oftentimes I'll, I'll just kind of get a little, like a faint image of something. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, almost see like, I might see my mom or I might see my dad, or I might see yeah. myself as a kid or something. And it's like, it's not a real clear image, but it's, it's yeah. the energy of it. Right. Like I know yeah. that's what it is. And that's sometimes, yeah, yeah. And then sometimes I'll hear it because people think like, 
oh, if I don't see a perfectly drawn exact version of this or, or have this voice that's so clear to me, then it's not, then it's not real. Yeah. And no, it's sometimes it's a very faint thing, right? It's just like, yeah. it's like a one word thing. It's like, yeah. oh, oh, okay. And if you start following that, well, what does that mean? Where does that come from? And keep asking questions like, what I find is so powerful. You get to the root of what's going on very quickly. And yeah. it's very much like hypnotherapy, but yeah. this is self-hypnosis or self-hypnotherapy you can do um, yeah. to get to the root cause of your problems. And you can actually do basically 10 years of talk therapy in like an hour of just self-inquiry, yeah. kind of self-hypnotherapy yeah. type of work. Most people right? are afraid to go there, though. They're afraid to go down in there. I used to be afraid to go down there. I just like, just stay positive, stay positive. No, I dive into the fire, right? Go into the limiting belief or the negativity or the fear and, and then start to just, you know, figure out where it came from. Not, you don't even know exactly where it came from, but, but maybe know what age it was and then free it up in that younger version of you. Yeah. And it's, it's so amazing. Um, Have you done the work with Byron Katie? Have you done her? I I know of it, but I don't do as much on that. You know, this process I really like. One one thing I've is done it a, I've, I've done it a few times and it's really really yeah. powerful. I've had some big uh, ahas and transformations yeah. and like healing from yeah. doing that. And it's for people who don't know the work. It's it's four questions. It's yeah. a very simple process. Yeah. And it's it's a very powerful way to get into the subconscious and help heal some of these traumas or limiting beliefs. Yeah, I become from doing all this stuff. I become pretty intuitive. Like, and I get uh, actually. Here's the thing. I yeah, this uh, I was talking to this fourth generation intuitive, and her belief, and she was a registered nurse, and she was a medical intuitive. But her belief is that we're all born intuitively to be intuitives, but we talk our kids out of it. You know, a kid will say, "Hey, you know, I got this imaginary friend." Oh, you know, there's no such thing as imaginary friend. What do you you want? You one of those crazy people, right? And then you're like, you know, you just like we're taught like the the tremoring mechanism like you know we're all we all as kids do it and then it's like hey come on be a man or be a lady you know be a big girl right you know you don't need to you know tremor right come on buck up and then we lose these things but i have this uh, i've had this ability actually i've had it for since childhood where i can ask a question and i do things like dowsing too to get answers but i can ask a question and i'll get like a little if it's a pot if it's a yes I'll get like a little shiver. Well, actually, like my stomach will just, you know, shiver and tighten up a little bit. And it's, I don't know if it's 100% accurate, but it's doggone close. And so it's kind of cool when you develop these tools to be able to know like what's right and what, you know, which action you should take and which one isn't probably the best action to take. You know, speaking on that, that's a really cool tool that you developed. So I, I trained my mind, subconscious mind, yeah, whatever part of my mind to, to give me a green light or a red light. Like uh-huh. when I would like, so I would see it right again, visual. So I would see green or red. Yeah. If I'm asking like, yes or no, should I go this direction or that one? It's like, I see a light. Now it's just, I can go into like a, just a few minute meditation and ask, you know, is this, is this right? And then it's just like, yes or no. It's like, it's more of a feeling and yeah. it's very fast. And it's, you learn, the more you practice these things, the more, um, the easier it becomes, right? At first, there's so much self-doubt. Is this yeah. working? Am yeah. I doing it right? Is this some, you know, spiritual woo-woo bullshit crap yeah. that does it? It's like, yeah. but the more you do it and then you get 
confirmation after confirmation after confirmation. Yeah. You get hundreds or thousands of confirmations yeah. because you did the thing, you asked the question, it said yes, go in this direction, you went in that direction, like everything worked out perfectly, right? Yeah. Or like, or you don't listen to it as well. Have you have you ever done that yeah. where it's like, no, don't yeah. do that, and then you do it anyway, and then everything <laughs> falls apart and it's terrible. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you one know, of you, the things that you have to do though, too, and this is what I found myself. Cause I'm such a positive thinker. I try to like almost rig the answer. Right. I want, <laughs> I want this to be, yeah. you literally have to kind of say, I want the truth. Like tell yeah. me the truth. Yeah. Not yeah. just what I want, because otherwise we will, whatever system we use, if it's my stomach or there's a great thing called the sway test where you stand, you stand yep. you know, just kind of in the middle. And then you ask a question. If it's a yes, you'll tend to sway forward. If it's a no, you'll tend to sway backwards, but you have to kind of almost, almost like, disembody yourself and just almost see your like looking down on yourself and like have no no dog in the fight so to speak right where you're willing yeah. to take whatever it is because it's going to be the the right answer and the truth and i think that's really it like one of my uh early mentors really one of the things he really helped me with was become like very passionate about finding the truth and when i mean yeah. the truth like the whole truth the full truth the the like the purest truth possible of any situation yeah. and yeah. so i think having that belief system that drives you like i want to know the truth about myself my own beliefs my own yeah. limiting my own you know it's like whatever's going on if it's diet for cancer for example it's like i want to know the whole truth about that not just whatever my biases tend you know lead me in that yeah. direction it's like show me everything i want and i want to know the entire truth and i think being a truth seeker yeah. is something that um our children are not taught today right in schools they're taught look this this is why i got in trouble in school all the time because i would debate with the teachers about i'm like well that doesn't make sense you know or like this isn't accurate or some some dude 300 years ago said that this is the way that grammar is supposed to be but what if i want to write it this way this is my truth you know and so i'd get into these debates and and it was so rigid there was no room for understanding a bigger picture of of yeah. other people's truths that yeah. it um you know that's yeah. why one of the reasons any teachers listening are probably oh you were that kid <laughs> i was that kid yeah exactly <laughs> i had one i had one teacher and uh she was an english teacher grammar teacher and you know she'd give me like a d on a paper and then I'd go sit and I'd make my case. And I'm like, well, look, I wrote this way because this, and I did this because of this, and I believe that this is this. And I would make a case for why I did what I did. Mm -hmm. And she was one of one of my only teachers, I think. Maybe I had a couple. My whole, you do that my whole childhood. Who would let me debate and then yeah. she would she would actually listen and go, you know yeah. what? Even though this goes against the principles we're, you know, that we're taught and whatever. It makes sense. And so I'm going to give you, I'm going to move you up to, a, I'm going to give you up to a B. I'm going to move you up to a B. I'm like, well, B is better than a D, but this is definitely worth an A. She wouldn't give me an A, but she would at least move it up to a B because, because I made a really good case and because she yeah. was willing to listen, yeah. you know? Um, yeah. So it's like conformity to an ideology just because this is the way it's always been done. That's the thing I've always like you know, kind of headbutted against because there's so many different ways to do everything that I don't think there's, it's like the, the old saying that there's a million paths to God, right? It's not one tradition, one spiritual belief, one religion that's going to get you to God. I really yeah. believe there's a million paths for each of us to find our own connection with, with God. 
And, I think we uh, need a firmness in in what we believe, but but an openness to look at other things. I think some people are so open they get dragged down, you know, rabbit holes and you know different theories, and they you know they buy into it, and then their whole life is run by theories that are made up. You know, not all of them are made up, but but um, some are just made up by people on either side of of, of, of an issue, right? So I think. Um, that's where you need to go inside and see what what's really true for me. You know, not what did I read or what is this person saying? What is true to true for me? And that's where your intuition can be a great guide for, you know, red light, green light, or for me, yes or no. So, so what's next for you, Tom, what's coming up? You've got, you've got the book, the breakthrough code. Um, You just released that people can, can get that anywhere online, right? Amazon, yeah, um, Amazon. Uh, we've got a masterclass for it too. Uh, where's the mat? Where's the masterclass at? Where can people get? It's that? all online. So it's uh, it's fourteen videos that I did for the book. Uh, we give away the first four for free, uh, and then there's a, a code and and um, a web address in the book that you just can go to and uh, get the first four for free. And then if people want uh, beyond that, then uh, they can. Uh, they can, I think at the end of the fourth one, there's a way to continue on in the training. Um, so that's a lot of fun. We've been getting amazing results. Uh, uh, people tell us about, so that's been really, really rewarding. Cause I, I wrote the book. It, there's a lot, there's, it's not a, bi- a biography, but there's part of me in there. And I wrote it with the intention of really helping people live a life without limits. I mean, that really is something that I, I want to see more people do because I think most of us are, you know, running around with too many limits and too many, too many inhibitions and and really living kind of half the life we could live. And uh, I don't like seeing that. So I wrote that book for that. And then I will have a podcast. We're starting to, we're going to be filming up in a studio in Los Angeles uh, actually this week. And so we're going to have some great guests on one of these days. I want to have you on and uh, that'll be coming out uh, over the course of the next couple of months too. That's exciting. So, yeah. so to get to the masterclass, people buy the book and then in the book, we'll take them to the masterclass. Yeah. Yeah. And cool. the book, best place to get is on Amazon. Uh, yeah. uh, and you can read the reviews. I, it's got a lot of really great reviews. I think the lowest we have is a three star now. Hope I didn't jinx myself there, but <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm sorry. That was uh, I apologize about that one. I'll go correct it. Yeah, that was you. Okay. <laughs> uh, no, the majority no. are five star reviews and uh, and 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 just really hearing great stories. You know, like uh, because it's a parable, it's a story you can read, so it's a little easier to get through than just a how to book. And you you kind of live through a character that's experiencing these things, and it's not a you know, magic bullet. Oh, I learned it. Bam. Here I am. Like, you know, which life is not like that. It's, it's, even if you create a result that is a huge breakthrough, that's life-changing. That's, that's what I call a breakthrough result, by the way, something that shifts you in such a way, you see more possibilities in life. You're going to look around and go, Oh, well, this area of my life though, I'm still stuck. And okay. Apply the process there and, and create a life-changing result in that area. The, 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 the breakthrough result should cause you to think at a level you're not thinking at right now. Create a story that in your head you don't have right now. Take actions you don't uh, take right now. And the result, a, a true breakthrough result is not just a little incremental higher. It should be something where 
it's so challenging that you have no idea how the heck you're going to get there when you first come up with it. I love that. Yeah, it's like it, that's one thing I find of having goals that are so like almost what I call an impossible goal. Like some, yeah. some if I told somebody my goals, be like, that's impossible, right? Like yeah. that's just not even possible. It's like I like that because you know I know a lot of people are scared of that, but I like it and being committed to it because it actually drives me every single day to do what it takes to achieve that. You know, with yeah. my mind, my emotions, yeah. my body, my actions. Um, I think that's huge, having a big goal that drives you forward every day. And calling on energies outside yourself, like, come on, help me out. You know, whoever, who's ever out there, like, come through me, work through me. And uh, the other thing I would say, I don't like the word goal because people have heard about goals. They've had goals. They've achieved some. They've not achieved others. Uh, the mind has a little bit of a mixed feeling about a goal. So that's why I use the word result. Like, you know, if, if everybody say the word goal out loud including you, Nathan goal. <laughs> okay. So that has for you might have a good feeling. Now say the word result result. Yeah. So result is something that's already been achieved. And yeah. so you're almost like gamifying the, you know, you're, you're, you're putting something in your mind that, that, Oh, result. Yeah, that's happened. And so we start to, to you know, use the power of words to actually give ourselves more power going towards it. So I call it a breakthrough result, not a breakthrough goal. I like that. Yeah, I yeah. like that because it's when my goals, you know, I call it goal because that's just the language. Yeah, that we've we're all used to. But my goals are like, when I'm thinking about it, it's like, it's not a goal in my mind. It's the same thing. It's like I visualize myself achieving it every single day in the mirror, yeah. right? In the mirror, I have a yeah. little meditation. When I'm brushing my teeth, I do a little affirmation, a little Qigong practice. And then I see myself actually experiencing that goal in my, in my vision. Um, yeah. and, and again, it's like, it's not a goal. It's like, it's something, it's, it's an embodiment. It's an experience, yeah. right? I yeah. feel it. I get into the energy of it. I see myself experiencing it and, and I don't even see it as like, oh yeah, it's a, like, oh, I need to make this much money this year, whatever. Like there's a financial goal. It's not like that. It's, yeah. it's more of like a life, you know, a life experience. So I love it. Yeah. You call it a, a result or a breakthrough result because you're, yeah. you're visioning yourself actually experiencing result, something I achieved result. already. Yeah. Even though it's not happened yet, I've already achieved it. Right. So, yeah. Well, Tom, um, this has been awesome. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. Great, great hanging out with you. Thanks for doing this and, uh, everybody tuning in, get a copy of the breakthrough code. Fantastic book. Um, I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you a five and a half star review on Amazon right now. <laughs> <You're too kind. laughs> uh, no, I do encourage everyone to read the book and um, I, knowing you, Tom, as I have, I think what last couple of years now, like just you, yeah. the one thing I want to say about you for everybody tuning in is that, you know, Tom is truly uh, someone who lives by what he teaches. He is, you meet him in person and he's the same in person as you see him on his interviews in his book and how he writes, teaches like you embody what you teach. You live by what you share with others, how to do, how to improve their lives, their businesses, their health. You live that every single day. And that's, that's kind of rare in today's personal development, self-help leadership world, right? Where some people may have read a ton of stuff and may have uh, taking workshops and classes and things like that, but they're not really living what they teach every single day. And you do, you live what you teach. You're an amazing leader, a great mentor, uh, incredibly inspirational, funny, uh, very caring. And I'm just deeply honored to, to call you a friend, a colleague, a brother. And uh, I appreciate you, man. So thank you. Uh, 
thank you. Well, I see the same thing in you. You really, you live up to everything that you teach and you are, even though you're much younger than me, you're, you're a real inspiration to me. And, and I, I do my best. I do my best to try and live up to it. I, again, I was a perfectionist when I was younger. I, I think just all we need to do is do our best. You know, we're going to make little mistakes and everything that I'm good at and that I teach was something I used to suck at. Like I, you know, the, the stuff I'm talking about today, right. That we're talking about today. I used to have like not much confidence, a lot of fear. When I learned something, I want to share it. And I, you know, I wasn't a very good leader when I first you know, was leading Tony Robbins sales organization. Uh, I had to figure it out. I learned it. I want to share it. I wasn't a very good speaker. I had so shy and had anxiety. And so I learned how to do that. I want to share it. I think you do the same. And I am blessed to have you in my life and I'm looking forward to seeing you in person next month or a yeah. month, a month yeah. after. Yeah. Next, it's coming up quick. Yeah. yeah. Well, awesome. Thanks, Tom. Thanks so much. Take care. Okay. Take care. Thanks. See ya. Thanks for listening to the Nathan Crane podcast. If you found value in today's podcast, Please share it with others, subscribe to catch future episodes, and leave a rating and a review. For more information or to connect with Nathan, check him out online at www.nathancrane.com and follow him on Facebook and YouTube at Nathan Crane. Until next time, this has been the Nathan Crane Podcast.